I waited a full second there before talking because I was waiting to see if we're going to get another excellent Colin noise to open up the episode. But you know what? Not everything goes your way. You can't have it all every time. You know, you got to sometimes you got to wait for greatness. He's a primetime player and saves it from the stakes are highest. Maybe sometime later in the episode, Colin will just erupt with some noise, some laughter. Who knows? Well, all I know is that I'm definitely going to make some noises when, when we talk about when we get into the Lolitos. That's going to be something else, man. <laughs> I think we have a new debate that we, we're going to start this, this episode, oh. so stay tuned. Oh, and welcome God. to Sports Talk Therapy. <laughs> welcome to Sports Talk Therapy. We are going to be here to recap all of the week. 14, no, yeah, week 14, getting my week straight here, week 14 NFL action here, uh, I don't know about you guys, I know Colin just mentioned Lil Weedles, I think this has been a banner week for Lil Weedles, I don't know what that says about society as a whole, but I know I have a lot of material for Lil Weedles and I'm excited to get into, but we have a lot to get through up until that point, so first off, Anybody have any game spotlights? Interesting slate that started off with a lot of bad games and then transitioned into some good finishes at the end. Um, I do, uh, and I can go, but I think you hear the little uh, little beeping noise in the background, so I'll make it quick. <laughs> so uh, my game of the week, uh, Bills and... Box. I was going to make a joke and say Pats, but yeah. Uh, and, and the Bucks. Um, Tom Brady once again taking down his old AFC's foe. Uh, the Bills looked really, really bad starting this game. Uh, they really had nothing nothing going the entire time. And then all of a sudden they flipped the switch. Josh Allen looked like his MVP self running all over the field, over 100 yards on the ground with a busted up ankle, throwing the ball all over the place. But once again, Tom Brady, calm, cool, collected give him the ball at the end of the game. He's going to get it done unless you're playing Eli Manning and the Giants. They got it done again. They improve, move to the top of the NFC, and the Bills are really in the struggle bus right now. Uh, they're 7-6 and six now, 7-6, and six, and they need to win, and they need to win with Josh Allen Hurt with the Pats in first place and the driver's seat. And they really don't have an alternative. Uh, absolutely great game here. If the Bills win this game, their seasons feels a little bit different. However, right now, it's win now or be stuck in that wild card pile, um, which they really don't want to do. Uh, it's be interesting how Buffalo responds. And uh, I found it funny during the broadcast. I forgot who it was. One of the announcers compared the Bills to the Bucks last season and that they were sort of just like – okay, they weren't great, they weren't bad, they had a lot of talent on paper, and then all of a sudden the Bucs pulled it together and made a Super Bowl run. Do I think the Bills can do that? Not at this point, but if Josh Allen's able to keep that foot healthy and play like he did in the second half, they have a fighting chance about, against just about anyone. They're a good team in a bit of a tough situation with the uh, the rise of, it's weird to say the rise of New England, but that's what it's been this year as the, the season's gone on. Um, yeah, wild card wasn't what they were thinking for this year, but I think they're pretty firmly supplanted as one of the three wild card teams in the AFC. So, um, yeah, see if they can make some noise in the playoffs. And if New England drops this game this weekend to the Colts, then the division race gets tightened up pretty quickly after that. So definitely not out of it. 
Um, I guess I'll spotlight because I didn't get to watch a lot of games this week, unfortunately. I'll spotlight Steelers Vikings. Oh man, it was a fucking hilarious game. <laughs> <laughs> the Vikings just proceed to never like actually want to win games ever. They <laughs> they have uh they have. Okay, here's here's the stat. Where is it? It is. All but one of Minnesota's games this year have been decided by eight points or less, including four losses by three points or fewer. Incredible. Now, they did pull this game out, but considering like what happened in the beginning of the game and then how it ended, you'd be like, dude, how did how was this game even close? Like it was. Yeah, so Colin, put that in perspective. I picked up the Vikings defense my fantasy team. At the end of the third quarter, I believe they had 18 points. By the end of the game, they had two points. That is hard mm. to do. Wow. Dude, if you let Ben Roethlisberger score 21 points on you in the fourth quarter, you are you should be, like, executed. You should be banned from the NFL. You should be relegated is what you should be. Relegated to college. The ghost, the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the Steelers, I just want to see him with someone else behind the wheel. And I don't even know what the hell is wrong with the Vikings, man. Like, it's just crazy how... Like, they should be good, and, like, they always, like, pretend to be good, and they're not good. It's just, you know, it's it's hilarious being a, being a someone who probably watches more of the Vikings than, than a lot of people. Seeing the Lions play them twice a year, you know, they're near me. AP was my favorite player growing up. So it's uh it's just, man, it's, it's hilarious. I don't know what they have to do. I don't know if they're going to have to blow the whole thing up, but it's funny, man. It's a funny, funny team. Now, when you say blow the whole thing up, what is getting like, blown up? I, I don't know. Because, like, are, it, whose fault really is it? Is it the GM's fault? Is it Zimmer's fault? Is it Cousins' fault? Is it some combination of the three? It's probably some combination of all three of them. But, like, nobody's bad enough individually to, like, want to be, like, obviously fireable right away. You know, it's just, like, who do we – who do? so you might just have to get rid of all three of them and start from scratch. And if you're terrible, you're terrible. But then you end up with that situation where the Lions get rid of Caldwell, and he's, and then we're like cellar dwellers instead of being like mediocre, you know? Yeah, because what was it, nine and seven wasn't good enough. Yeah, so we had to go zero and or two and 15, two, three and thirteen, whatever. Yeah, I mean to be fair, Caldwell, that game against the Bengals in like week sixteen under Jim Caldwell is still like one of the worst worst Lions games I've ever seen in my life, and I still stand by his firing after that game, but it didn't end up looking good in hindsight, considering they were a playoff, borderline playoff team. Yeah, it always seems right in the moment, and then you never know what's going to happen down the line, so you tough to look back on it now and be like, oh, that was a bad move, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, are we going to save it for Lil Weedles, or are we going to talk about it now? Urban Meyer? No, from the oh. from the game you just talked about. Oh, what are you talking about now? We'll save it for little wheels. That's fine. Okay, sounds cool. Hey, hey Finn, I'll, I'll say in the spirit of Urban Meyer, we'll kick it to Little Wheels. We could just talk for five hours about Urban Meyer. We'll get there. Well, but I anyway. think I, I that's why I have a, I have an overall <laughs> question to pose once we get there. So okay. Streamline. Well, my like, overall question comes first. Was that the only person you thought he kicked a Lamborghini out of your car? I'm, I've played way too much Madden. I'm very familiar with Josh Lambeau, which is an <laughs> indictment on how I spend my time. But 
<laughs> so, fair reaction by Sean. Anywho, I'm going to spotlight the other game in the 4 o'clock slate that, uh, besides Sean talking about Bill's Buccaneers, that started off as a blowout, but then ended up becoming an overtime game that was wildly entertaining. This is 49ers Bengals. Two teams kind of stuck in that wild card race that is just absolutely <laughs> neck and neck in both the AFC and the NFC here. Uh, Niners jumped out to a big lead on the road, 20-6 to in the third quarter. But then the Bengals with their – Scrappy's not the right – Joe Burrow's just a fighter. That's the word I used to describe him. Fantastic player. Throws two fourth-quarter touchdowns to rookie Jamar Chase. Ties the game up. Jimmy Garoppolo – then leads the 49ers down the field with an incredible catch. He made several incredible catches in this game, but this one being the most prominent, I think, on that final drive in the fourth quarter to George Kittle, who went for 151 yards in the touchdown. He's back. Robbie Gold ended up missing the field goal to tie the game. Bengals get the ball in overtime, kick a field goal to take the lead, but then Jimmy G leads them down the field. Game-winning TD to Brandon Ayuk. Both teams now at 7-6. and six. I know this is kind of a tough question because there's so many teams fighting for these wild card spots, but do you guys think that either? Oh no, Colin's offline. No, sorry, Finn. We just killed just enough time, and he just picked up the conversation and stride. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, Sean, do you think that either of these teams here has a chance at making a run in the playoffs? Not only getting there, but making a run. I don't like the Niners overall, to be honest. Um, they don't really strike me as a team that can get in the playoffs, nevertheless make playoff run. Uh, but ever since Kittle's come back, they've looked like a different team. They played really well. It's notable that they're 5-2 and two away, so they do end up in a, a wild card game in a hostile environment. They have a chance. But I'm going to roll with the Bengals here. Um, even though they lost in this game, they have the young talent. Jamar Chase having an outstanding, outstanding rookie season linking back up with college quarterback Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon's looked really good. The team as a whole is really strong. And maybe they'll be able to shake the uh, the Marvin Lewis curse and finally like get a playoff win or two. Um, I definitely would, out of these two teams, I'd pick the Bengals. I think they have a much, much higher ceiling, even though the 49 are probably the safe pick. Um, but what do you think, Finn? Maybe I'm just blinded by watching – beautiful running plays schemed up by Kyle Shanahan. But I, I think the Niners can make some noise in the playoffs. I don't know if it's a Super Bowl team, but the way that they've been able to, and just like you were saying, with George Kittle back in the offense, kind of open up the passing game a little bit more. Brandon Ayuk has been more involved as the season's gone on. Debo Samuel's a running back now. It's great. He's really good at it. And... um they have firepower on defense led by uh, star pass rusher Nick Bosa, who had two sacks in this game to definitely win some playoff games there. Um, Jimmy G's doing enough as well. He's taken them to a Super Bowl before. Did he prevent them from winning that Super Bowl? Entirely possible, but he's shown them enough to make at least a playoff run. So that's my stance. Makes a lot of sense. And Finn, honorable mention for my game of the week. Um, it's the second quarter of the week. Uh, Bears Packers. Oh my God. Uh, I was like, oh, like the Bears playing Sunday night football. This kind of stinks because like Sunday night football is 
pretty much like one of the times when you can guarantee like okay like i'll probably be free you can watch this game won't be doing anything whatever uh and i turned it on it was three nothing a little bit of a snoozer and i sat down for 35 minutes and watched 45 points uh not often you see that happen um the bears are marching up and down the field like it was no one's business the packers are responding and it was an old-fashioned shootout felt like arena football just people marching up and down the field the ball is moving everyone's playing really well and then in the third quarter became a game again, and the Bear, the Bears really couldn't keep up. The Packers pulled away, and Aaron Rodgers led his team 10-6, and six, still staying undefeated at home. Um, but the probably the greatest second quarter of all time. Uh, you really can't beat that. It's – I don't know. You have each team at four possessions, score one score four times, one score three times. That's pretty elite in my book. Yeah, and they were like – it wasn't just like a oh, one-yard rush into the end zone. No, these were like crazy wide receiver sweeps, punt returns for 97 yards. Like it was fireworks all around from the Bears of all teams. Yeah, in the in the second quarter, it was all with under 12 minutes to go too. The first, the first score was at the 11.09 mark. We had a 46-yard pass from Fields to Grant, two-yard pass from Rodgers to Lazard, 55-yard interception return touchdown, 54-yard touchdown pass. So, I mean, technically feels through four touchdowns in this quarter. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Grant had, after Grant's catch from uh, Fields, he had a punt return touchdown, first one of the season, and Devonta Adams from Rodgers, and then Santos capping off the quarter with the 44-yarder. And... Just an unbelievable quarter. I mean, anytime you start a quarter and it's three nothing, and you end the quarter and it's twenty seven twenty one, something's going right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, honestly, in a couple of really good games this week, I realized that no one mentioned um, Rams Cardinals. I didn't even think of that. You're totally right. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup is just a machine. He's like the ninety nine overall Madden player. You just toss the ball to it immediately, and he just keeps getting six yards. He's a stud, dude. He's so good. There we go. I killed enough time, and Colin, you can talk about Rams-Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Cooper Cup is a monster, bro. He's so good. Rams are back. Not worried. They were never gone. They were never gone. It's all, it's all Colin real. was never gone. never gone. It was all a dream. Nope. I was here the whole yeah. time. Absolutely. Colin was all here right. the whole time. I was not working or being annoyed about stuff while talking about Bears-Packers and all is good in the world. All is good in the world. One final note on uh, Rams Cardinals. Uh, good for Odell Beckham. He's scoring touchdowns again. Love to see it. He had a very funny touchdown celebration where he uh, did the. I don't remember what city it's from, but it's the video where the, uh, the police officer shows you how to take what looks to be a very large gun from a supposed attacker. And the method that the man uses, you would be so dead if you tried to take this method. He's like wrestles it away from the guy and then points at him like, ha ha, I got you. Like, no, you'd be very dead. Anyway, Odell mimicked that video as a touchdown celebration. It was pretty funny. Yeah, Odell's had all these touchdown celebrations like docked up for like three years now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's on the – I mean, I'm, I'm just judging him on the Rams right now. No other – because if I think about the other part of it, then I'll be sad. So, whatever. All right. Um, um, I think that wraps up sad. the game's <laughs> or, you know, be sad. 
no, no, no. I said, speaking of sad, no, uh, dysfunctional team commentary is where we're headed next. I have some things to say. Um, I guess, I guess I'll just roll into it right now. So the Browns won. I, I am happy. I am happy that they won huge win over the Baltimore Ravens season still alive. Seven and six, one or the the first team out of the playoffs right now. However, <laughs> this game took years off of my life. They jumped out to a big lead. I believe the lead was twenty four to three in the first half. Offense was playing pretty well. They learned from the last game. It's like, hey, you're not going to run the ball every play because they put eight in the box. And you can throw the ball a little bit. Baker threw some nice passes. Donovan Peoples-Jones was awesome in this game. They got Landry involved. He had his first receiving touchdown of the year. Some good play action. Ran the ball when they needed to. It worked. Miles Garrett scored his first career touchdown in this game. That was awesome. He did everything on the play. Sack, strip, fumble recovery, touchdown. Defensive player of the year. I don't, I'm don't. i refusing to acknowledge TJ Watt's case, even if he might have more sacks. Who cares? All right. The second half was a masterclass in almost fucking up a game. And it was truly unbelievable to watch. It's almost slip away. I didn't even mention Lamar went out in this game. The backup for the Ravens is named Tyler Huntley. He killed it in this game. Almost brought the Ravens all the way back. Should have brought them all the way back. Because the Ravens recovered an onside kick at the end of the game where I, I don't know why Andy Janovich is on hands team. It literally just bounced off his shoulder. He didn't even try to catch it. And if Jadavian Clowney doesn't sack Huntley and then Denzel Ward makes a huge fourth down stop, Browns lose this game, season's over. Now, the reason why I sound so somber right now in this, and I'm a little bit upset, if you asked me all this stuff yesterday, I'd be talking about, hey, like I'm really excited. They have a winnable game here against the Raiders coming up on Saturday. I'm optimistic. Well, COVID has struck the Browns in a horrific way. The Browns are not the only team affected by this, but um, the NFL has shown no signs of postponing the game. Kevin Stefanski has COVID. Baker has COVID. I think Jarvis Landry, I don't know if he has COVID, but Jarvis Landry's on the list. Um, I think they have over 10 players on the COVID list with Stefanski and Baker confirmed actually having it. Unlikely to be in attendance Saturday. Um, bad. Really, really bad. And I hope that they're able to scrape something together with Case Keenum. I think they still can beat the Raiders with Case Keenum. But uh, it sucks. Yeah, Finn, as of this afternoon, I saw they had 14 on the list and the Dinosaurs at 18. Uh, yeah, so I did that, yeah. yeah. Hopefully the dinosaurs don't go extinct and the Browns can play the Raiders with the semi full squad. Yeah, I'm being too. I'm being too. It was it was awesome to see them beat the Ravens. That was really cool. Really, really cool. But today's news bummed me out a little bit. So anyway, we can transition into something else. All right, um, I can go. There's plenty of dysfunction to go around. Um, I just try to focus on maybe the function of the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers look really good in this game. Um, Justin Herbert, he's really good. Um, that 65-yard-in-the-air pass was absolutely amazing. Very sexy. Um, 
What is there to say about this game? Uh, the Giants scored two garbage time touchdowns that were getting their butts kicked. Uh, Saquon Barkley is atrocious. Uh, 16 rushes for 64 yards. My guy Devontae Booker didn't even look, look good in the backup. Uh, anytime you're playing Mike Glennon and just getting absolutely di- sliced and diced by Justin Herbert, it's just not a good game. Uh, the defense went back to their poorest selves where they sort of just sit back and let other teams run all over them. The offense could not move the ball at all. Partially blame on Glennon maybe, but when you have Barkley and all these weapons, you should be able to make some sort of play. And they just really couldn't. Uh, they scored seven points up until the last few minutes of the game. This really wasn't a game at all. Uh, the Chargers did whatever they wanted at will. And it's really just another uh, another nail in the Giants' coffin. Definitely in Dave Gettleman's coffin. Maybe on Joe Judge, although the rumor is he'll be back next season. On defense, uh Something's got to change. The, I don't. I just don't like the style they play here. It's too passive. It's too laid back. And when you're playing these high-powered West Coast offenses, it's just like a field day. Uh, you can stick around, but the Giants' offense is not going to be the type of team to score like 40 points to win a game. Quite frankly, any team in the NFL shouldn't have to do that. Uh, Shout-out Julian Love, getting more playing time. Six tackles on the day. Uh, Tate Crowder's been very good this season. Uh, Aaron Robinson's been filling in doing well, but I think it's just a strategy shift, to be honest. They fired Garrett, didn't really help the offense, maybe dump Patrick Graham, figure if he can get something else there. And it's the really sad point, the, the sad part is, is sort of in, in Collins' lines boat here too, is you you sort of need a quarterback and then a somewhat competent running back in this league, and when you have net neither you're kind of at a loss. Uh, the Giants are going to end up picking probably somewhere between, let's say, 5th and 10th. So unless you really get lucky and catch someone, uh, it's going to be tough. So I think at this point, Danny Dimes on the IR with uh, a neck injury, not what you want to see. This could be his last season as a starter. Who knows? I'd let Saquon walk. I hope they do. And uh, – yeah, we're looking forward to like 2025 at this point with the uh, with the Giants. It's uh, not good. Sorry to hear that. Couple quick things just to to throw out there. You are probably going to have two top ten picks. You get the Bears pick too, so that's nice. Also fair. So I, I was yeah even even bigger fan of the Packers. <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, so that, that's the good news. The bad news is the Giants did pick up uh, Saquon's fifth-year option, so you got one more year for him. I, 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 I understand your frustration, but like, it's not like he's the yeah, worst running back too, in the league. I'm just trying to talk it into existence of okay. not bringing him back. Because here's the thing. like, You see it in spurts. He'll have one play that he'll rip off. Like, man, this guy, he's huge. He can make cuts. He's fast. But most of the time, he takes like four steps and just like falls into the biggest guy near him. Like, show a little bit of life here. Hit, where's the juke stick? Where's the hit stick? Do something. Like, at least show some effort. Don't just get tripped up behind the line of scrimmage and then pop back up and pop your chest and make it look like you're huge. Like, come on now. Let's get outside the tackles. Even get inside the tackles. Let's show a little bit of aggression. He looks like Jermaine Samuels playing football. He's the most <laughs> passive aggressive player I've ever seen. If there was a bounce pass in football, it would be Saquon Barkley. I was going to say, where, where's the, the world? 
I was about to ask, where's the bounce pass metaphor? It's got to be, and that's perfect. Saquon Barkley is the bounce pass of football. He's the most boring, least dynamic player of all time. He's the safe, I'll get like 60, 70 yards a game to get my paycheck, and it's not my fault. It's the Lions' fault. It's your fault, Saquon. Get your act together, or we're sending you the Browns like Odell. Saquon. The, the Browns might need Saquon to play receiver this weekend. So. The Browns might need, me, might need me to play receiver. Yeah, they very well might. Oh, man. Uh, Colin, uh, Jared Goff update? Uh, he's still bad. Really? Yeah, this time it's because he had the flu, not because he can't see anyone physically who is more than 10 yards downfield. Okay. Actually, that's not true. I'm sorry, it's not down. It's not 10 yards downfield. It's just past the past the sticks. So if the okay. third and three, he can't see farther than three yards. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Seems um, like a detrimental problem when your your job is to get the ball past the said sticks. You you would think you would think that, wouldn't you? But no, he he still continues to be in he still continues to be employed. So you know. Um. So. Obviously, this is a tough week. You come into the week with a lot of guys, you know, with COVID or sick or hurt. And we're starting everyone off the street, right? Um, it was just an, I guess, in a game where we lost and really never looked like we were going to compete, like most of the games this season. It was better than some of the other ones because at least it was like somewhat entertaining. Um, so, one of my one of my favorite throwbacks from preseason. I don't, I don't know if we were doing the podcast because I I meant to I screenshotted it to do a little bones board material on it, and then I don't think we ever did. We did a show until later. How familiar are you two with PFF's highest graded running back this week, Mister Craig Reynolds? Um, does he play for the Lions? Yes, I. I opened up his ESPN player page because I didn't recognize who he was, and I saw he went to a school called Kutztown, yes. and that's all I know. Which is not that far from Villanova, actually. It's in Pennsylvania. Really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, cool. So it's a D2 school. Um, so Craig Reynolds, coming out, of, coming out of high school, he had zero D1 offers, and Kutztown was the only school to offer him as a, D2, as a running back in D2. So he went there. Um. So neither of you know Craig Reynolds' nickname. Mm-mm. He is Craig Netflix Reynolds. Okay. Because he was sitting on his couch watching Netflix for so long before the Lions called him. Um, which is just a great nickname. I love it. Like, Deuce Staley's just like calling this dude Netflix, and they're like, Deuce, why are you? Why do you keep calling him Netflix? He's like, Oh, because he was sitting on his ass watching Netflix during the summer because he got cut in March by Washington and then he didn't get signed. So the Lions in the preseason, for any of you who don't know this, they were going into a preseason game and they were – they just needed a guy. They needed a camp guy so badly to just to get through the rest of training camp. And they called up Craig Reynolds like, dude, like, come on, come down to the game. And he misses his flight. He called him like Tuesday. Oh. He doesn't. He misses his flight. Doesn't get to the game for like twenty four hours before the game. 
and then he like God. No. And wait. Mm. Oh. It sounds like we're making like a this podcast a subscription service where you have to upgrade to hear Colin's words like directly one after the other. You only now get them like three seconds apart. We're on a, we had a problem on delay because we uh, were broadcasting live on, on air and I don't know, someone slipped in a, a rumor that he might be doing something. Don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, um, Craig Reynolds. Craig at Netflix. What a guy. All right. I think we should let, we'll let him finish the Craig Reynolds discourse whenever he returns. Uh, There's an anonymous platypus currently on the the dock right now. Is that Sean or Colin? Um, That would be me. Anonymous platypus. There we go. Fantastic. All right. So moving into bulletin board material. Um, I said it's a banner week for Lil Weedles. I also have quite a bit of Bulletsport material, so I think we can uh, kick it off with a uh, kick it off with a couple here, Sean, and then I'll pass it off to you. We can go back and forth here. My first one is going to be from a former NBA player that I had not thought of in a long time. Uh, I think he was a former Nick, also a former member of the meme team in uh, Los Angeles. This is Michael Beasley. He sent out a tweet a few days ago saying, oh, I got to get my guess where my commas right here. He said, 7,753,000,000 million people on earth. 75 million. Wait, no. Shit. Come on, Damn, man. There's, there's no, there's no com- Michael didn't put any commas in here. I can't read this. 7,529,000. Nine hundred. Basically, he forgot a place. I'm not going to read out the whole number. He forgot a seven in saying that there's this many people on Earth, this many people can't guard me. And so everybody was in the comments being like, oh, yeah, so you're saying that, you know, 23 million people can guard me or whatever. And uh, his response to this was uh, every 10 seconds in the world, another person is born that can't guard me. So he's just, you know, taking on a full head of steam. He's challenging children and telling them that they can't guard him. So uh, Michael Beasley stand relevant. So that's a good one. And then I'll do uh, one more before I pass it over to Sean here. Uh, UMass football decided to come up with a new team slogan that they think is going to, you know, rally the troops. And uh, especially in the new age here, the wild west of NIL deals, I'm sure they're hoping, you know, to convince some recruits to go to UMass and, you know, identify with their brand so their slogan is solve your problems with aggression that may have some bad implications and they posted 
that it's in their film room, just in massive letters in the middle of the room. It just says, solve your problems with aggression. Don't know if that's the best message to send to the kids, but hey, what do I know? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I've got a, a few things. Uh, several which come from me this week. Well, not really me. Like, uh, partially I'm involved. Uh, first bulletin board material. So I texted my dad because he's the one who usually does Christmas card. Send him a couple, try to help out. Send him a couple pictures we could possibly use and put a couple funny ones there in his joke because he always likes to include pictures of my uh, sister Kate, either laughing, crying, bleeding. Oh. Whatever, whatever it is that you want to enjoy it as a joke. And then in the end, he usually just cuts it. Or sometimes he puts pictures of her laughing and crying in the Christmas card. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, but in case any of the people are wondering, Costco currently has the greatest Christmas card I have ever seen available as one of their templates. Um, Finn, how I'll describe it to you is on the left-hand side of the card, there is a hot dog Santa. It's a hot dog standing up with legs. It's got a white beard and a Santa hat. And on the left side of the card says, Hot diggity dog, it's Christmas time. With Christmas is in the Costco logo font. Underlined oh God. in the Costco font. And it says time. Uh, I'll send you a picture of it now and get a live reaction. But please, this uh, this card got vetoed by my mom. She said it was absolutely hideous. But I think it's the greatest card I've ever seen. Uh, who doesn't want a hot dog Christmas card that's simultaneously an ad for Costco? I mean, a prime time play right there by the, the Costco team. That is fantastic. Oh, here it is. Here. Let's see. Let's see. Wow. I mean, oh, my I think, goodness. I think you have to get that. I mean, even if I'm not getting it as a Christmas card, I might just order some from my room and hang them up all over the place. Yeah. Two things that I, I didn't envision oh, when you were describing it. Mainly just the proportions here. They both have, the both of the things that have to do with proportions here. The hot dog Santa is so much larger than the family photo. That's what it's about, Finn. It's hot dog Santa season. It just dominates the card. Like, Sean, how tall are you? Six three. I'm, I'm like six two, six three ish, and the hot dog is probably like eighteen feet tall. <laughs> The hot dog is putting up buckets. That's all I know. Um, hot dog deserves every minute of it. <laughs> also, how how much of my dysfunctional team commentary did you guys hear? When did I cut out? Because I talked for like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you were talking about Craig Reynolds, so we got through the the Netflix nickname part of it, and then you started talking about how like he scored a touchdown in the game. And it was giving like one word that you said per every three seconds, and then you just kind of faded off. Ah, gotcha. Well, I'll give you the the TLDR. Basically, he missed his flight on the way to training camp after he got called, and he had like twenty four hours before the game, and then he came into the huddle and nobody knew who he was, so he had to introduce himself to everyone in the huddle and like the other coaches, and then he scored our only touchdown of the game, and now he played in the real game. So there we that's go. It. Let's get a Netflix show about it. And then I also talked about the big fat Hawaiian guy for a little bit and how I like him because he's also good. Who was was that? That's Penny Sewell. Oh, it's Penny Sewell. I didn't realize. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was PFF's highest grade tackle last week, and he's been doing it like switching between left and right tackle. So that's great. Just talk about even how even though I'd still rather have a quarterback, he as far as big fat guys go, I like him the best. The big okay. fat guys. Besides Frank Rag, now he's cool. Okay. There we go. Just yeah, had to put that out there for the people. Yeah, so I had to make sure that people knew that. Right. That's it. Go back to the the the, the hot dog. I, <laughs> I think that's out in the hot dog, but I do have a second piece of Baltimore material here, uh, which I also texted you guys. Uh, so this Monday, I was supposed to have a one of a, like my company Christmas parties and. There is a white elephant gift like exchange, like Secret Santa type thing, which is like you buy a gift and you wrap it and you bring it and there's like a game where you can play, you can trade or steal it from someone else. Um, I didn't want to buy a roll of wrapping paper in the city for fifteen dollars to go around along with my uh, my present here. So I thought I had, and it's a white elephant thing. Like it's just no fun if everyone's just like playing and gets like I don't know some weird thirty dollar item and wraps it very neatly. So I decided to be creative and use what I had on hand. So I got a Chipotle gift card and I wrapped it like a burrito, as you can see in the picture. So I've got, I even did it to scale. I went to Chipotle. When I got the gift card, I got a bowl. I crushed the bowl. So it was like the size of a burrito. Put a little paper towel on it to make it fluffy. Then I rolled it like a burrito, put a sloppy C on the top. And I had this thing ready to go. Unfortunately, the office party got canceled due to COVID. Oh, no. Um, so my burrito idea was ruined. However, if anyone is ever in the market for a white elephant gift and wants to be memorable and funny, I think this is perfect. If you knew what it was, you'd pick it up immediately. That's a Chipotle gift card. I want to go to Chipotle. If you don't know what it is, you'd be completely confused and you wonder what the hell I was doing with this aluminum foil thing with a sloppy C written on it. But um, I was proud of my burrito, and my burrito did not get to uh, – to make his major league debut out there in the world. Um, unfortunately, I thought keeping my gift card wrapped up for another year would not be a good idea. So I threw out the burrito and the gift card sitting next to me. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on my uh, creativity and ingenuity here with my little secret Santa gift. There's a number of layers to this. They're all good. But the two things I just want to call out right away one, when you started the story and I first looked at the picture, I thought you literally got a burrito and we're going to put it <laughs> under the white elephant tree. I was like, that's a power move for, especially how you described the food environment at the office where everybody's, you know, kind of like following your lead on, you know, you have snack time or whatever it is in the afternoon. So that wouldn't have surprised me. That would have gone over well, just literally giving somebody a burrito. But right, that's number one. And then number two, the sloppy C was excellent attention to detail with how Chipotle burritos usually go. It's fin. I mean, they've got to pump out another five burritos behind you. It's a quick C. It's not like a, a very neat C. It's not a cursive C. It's just like a most of a circle. But yeah. I, was, I was proud of my C there as well. In fact, I was very proud that I had it sticking out of my gym bag, and I had several people who went to the bathroom because I sit near the bathroom ask me why I had a burrito in my bag, and I was like, "Aha! It is not a burrito," and mm. I'm very upset it's not going to be used today. But next year, next time. All right, I'm gonna 
quickly do actually the last one's probably not gonna be quick. Well, I'll do I'll do my last couple bulletin board material here. Uh, first one, uh, Hugh Jackson's back. He's going to be the oh, head no. coach of Grambling State. I did not realize that he was the offensive coordinator of Tennessee State, which I think is his alma mater this year. I didn't know that, but he's going to be a head coach again. Let's see how he does in the college ranks. Um, other one here, this is a callback to uh, punt god Matt Ariza from San Diego State. So he, rightfully so, was selected as first-team All-American. And an interesting thing here is that for each, because that he was named a um, first-team All-American, Brady Hoke got a $10,000 bonus, and each assistant gets a bonus equal to 1% of their base salary for having an AP All-American. So, like, the offensive coordinator is now getting money because the punter is so good. Punt God forever. And then the last thing here is this is something that came up today. I don't I'm sure you guys saw some of this story, but there was just so much going on. So today is the early signing period. It's not really a deadline because I think there's multiple signing days, but I think it's the first day you can start signing for college football recruits going in for 2022. The number one recruit in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, is this corner named Travis Hunter. He'd been committed to Florida State for two years. Very solid commitment despite you know lack of success from the program. He did something crazy today where he put out in front of him three hats, which is a bit weird because he's been committed to Florida State this whole time. He had the Florida State hat. He had a Georgia hat. And I can't remember what the third one was. But anyway, he went through this long spectacle where he would pick up a hat and be like, "Eh, you know what? I don't like it. He threw it to the side. He picked up the Georgia hat, put it on his head, which is usually the universal symbol that, hey, I'm going to this school. He's like, this fits right, but no, takes it off, dramatically throws it away. Picks up the Florida State hat, which he left for last. So you're thinking, oh, yeah, he's just going to go to Florida State. He's just having a little bit of fun with it. No, throws it to the side, unzips his jacket. Somebody throws a hat at him from the crowd. He committed to Jackson State with Deion Sanders as head coach. The number one recruit in the country is going to an FCS school. Absolutely unbelievable stunner, but (laughs) this sparked it, and I'm a little bit upset that I didn't get to listen to much of it because it seems like it was such a great time. A Florida State fan named Sam Moore started one of those Twitter spaces, which haven't been widely used so far, named Fire Mike Norvell, who's the head coach of Florida State, and for five hours, this man, accompanied with several other people, gave a year's worth of bulletin board material on Florida State football, and it was absolutely hysterical, some of the things that happened in there. A couple of quick things. One, Big Cat from Barstool kept trying to join <laughs> the Twitter space from multiple accounts. Yeah, okay, yeah, so Sean saw this, and they were not having it at all. Uh, Big Cat was you know, joking about how, like, oh, I won a national championship at Florida State from the, the Coach Doug's days last year during uh, coronavirus lockdown, and uh, they were not having it. And then also it kind of came a thing later in the Fire Mike Norvell Twitter space where if you didn't start with an emphatic Fire Mike Norvell when you entered the Twitter space, you immediately got kicked out of it. Like some people showed, like, uh, you know, maybe fire Mike Norvell, give him one more, you immediately kicked. If you showed any wavering whatsoever, you were not allowed to speak. 
it was hysterical. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add on that because that was a that was a big story today. I just like Finn. I think what made the video was the fact that the crowd got involved. Like his teammates were in on this, and they were like intentionally reacting like to each and every hat throw and this and that. And once again, I think they took notes from uh, the Notre Dame video from last week. And nothing really beats a good like commitment recruitment video. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Word on the street is he got a big like NIL signing bonus from somebody to go play for primetime Deion Sanders. So we'll see. Uh, pretty cool to see like a non-traditional program land a uh, top dog. And, uh, yeah, great video. So I'm there for it, and I'm also there for the chaos on the the Twitter hangout room or whatever that was. Awesome. The I agree. yeah, the athletic already wrote an article about it. It's fascinating. Okay. Is it me now? Mm-hmm. Are we are we on top fives? What are we on Baltimore? Sorry, I was out for a while. No, we're almost top fives, and I must admit that we almost did the show yesterday, mm-hmm. and I had a slight moment of panic because I've done every single top five on a food item. Mm. I I'm running low on food food items <laughs> here. Um, we almost did like top five cheeses in a salad, which I thought was pretty lame. Uh, but we, we found something else that's a little more mainstream good, and good, good, easier good. to debate. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're getting on, I don't know, probably like, if I had to guess, like episode 30-something. And that's a lot of food top five. So uh, yeah, it is. we're going to need to figure it out. But Colin, uh, bulletin board material. Bulletin board material. Um, so here's, a, here's an interesting tidbit. Did you know that Gardner Minshew is currently living in – uh, former Eagle Vince Papali's house. Interesting. That fits yes. the part. And he works out with his son Vinny in the offseason. Wait, Gardner has... Or... Gardner Vinci works out with Vince Papali's son wow. Vinny in the offseason. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Do you know, I, dude, Gardner Vinci is a, a true gem. I hope he stays around forever. Um, And I guess I don't know whether a lot of this belongs in Lil Weedles or in Volson board for some of these. Send it. Send it. Um, how about this? Ramondre Stevenson has 428 rushing yards this season and 317 of them have come after contact. Oh. He's a beast. Yeah. Stud. Um, Mike Tice tweet. Really? Fucking Detroit. Even my sorry ass never, all caps, lost to Detroit, which is actually true. He did go, I believe, 8-0 against Detroit in this time. So, tough, tough out for the Vikings last week. Um, I'll throw one Urban Meyer quote in here. Um, Urban Meyer went into the media and said, what did he say? They asked him about safety Andre Sisko. Oh, yeah. If he was going to play more. He said, Cisco is playing a little bit more, I believe. I don't have his numbers in front of me, and he played zero snaps. So that shows you what's going on with Urban over there. And how about this? I'll throw this in here for fun. This season through 29 games, the Lucas are for the Detroit Red Wings. Rookie guys, Lucas Raymond and Moritz Cedar. Lucas Raymond has the second fewest games by, any, by a Red Wings teenager to reach the 25-point mark. 
only behind Steve Eiserman. And Moritz Cedar has the second fewest games by a Red Wings rookie defenseman to reach the 20-point mark behind Nick Lindstrom. So, hey, the Red Wings are playing great, as finally we we have a Detroit team that is truly a historic juggernaut franchise back back looking like they've, they've got some life. Unlike the rest of our... I mean, not the rest of our... Unlike the Lions, who have always been bad and will always be bad for the rest of our days. That's all I got. Good stuff. Yes. Good stuff there. Oh, one more yes, thing. Sorry. Jameis Winston is the only quarterback to have beaten both number one teams this season. Wait, what? The Packers and the Patriots. Oh, oh my God, in, he did. In the conference. Yes. How many games did he play? Five? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Not not a Hall of Famer. Yes. Jameis Winston forever. Yeah. Jameis Winston forever. Top fives. Sean, you hyped this one up. We got? I did. So I've done an awful lot of food items to the point where I was running out of things. Like To be honest, I was thinking for way longer than I should have of top five food items that I hadn't ranked yet. Um, and I literally had a list of top five cheeses to put in a salad, which is kind of lame. Um, not the most exciting thing in the world. If anyone wants to know, feta cheese is by far the top pick. And it's got to be a lot of it. But anyway, um, I realized that I hadn't hit a very simple one. Top five ice cream flavors. Um, it's the middle of winter. It's pretty cold. Not exactly ice cream time, but I have ice cream all the time. Uh, great food. And yes, I do chew my ice cream. Uh, hot take. Uh, so I decided to go with, like, I, I threw a couple, like, specialty type flavors in there that I'll get. But we decided to keep it pretty mainstream here. Uh, honorable mention, just anything with fudge in it. Um, if it's got fudge floating around it, odds are it's probably pretty good. But it was pretty generic, so I didn't think that could be on the board. Uh, coming in at number five, uh, maybe a hot take. It's probably the most popular ice cream in the world per like I don't know, per capita. I, I guess is that a stat ice cream per purse, per dollar or whatever. Um, we're gonna go with chocolate. Um, just very bland, very simple. Uh, it will never miss. Probably won't ever hit home run. Uh, it's always there, always solid. Uh, a great pick, but you can do better. Uh, note that I want, I'm sticking to hard ice cream here. Soft serve, I think, is really only chocolate and vanilla at 95% of places. Uh, so coming in the five seed, chocolate. Coming in the fourth seed, uh, I'm going to go with like cookies and cream, but I'm going to throw anything with Oreo in this category because it's a lot of like mock cookies and cream like i've had like mint oreo ice cream chocolate oreo and to be honest i'm probably a bigger fan of these like exotic oreo ice creams than i am just cookies and cream although cookies and cream is very tasty can make a great milkshake uh but this one got knocked a little bit because it's just not my favorite i don't know uh but that said it needs to be laid laid down into the law now finn cookies and cream is far superior than cookie dough. And no one no one can argue that the other way around. If cookie dough now, Sean, up, it is far superior to cookie dough or chocolate chip cookie dough. Uh I didn't even know those are separate things to be honest. I don't know. Well, because chocolate chip cookie dough, I, I actually don't like chocolate chips, hard chocolate chips ice cream, terrible idea. Whoever did that, 
you're dumb. But what I was going to Regular? say was like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> with like cookie dough ice cream, chocolate chip cookie dough. It sounds good. The concept should be really good. But Colin, like you said, usually in cookie dough or chocolate chip cookie dough, it's not actual like cookie pieces or like dough. It's like this like hard like either mushy or like play-doughy substance that I just don't want in my ice cream. Um, if you're putting like I don't know, edible cookie dough that's like still like soft, pliable, tastes like a cookie, or even hard cookies, that's better. But I don't know, I think that's where cookie dough goes wrong. Um, so cookie dough did not make the list. You couldn't tell by my frustration with how good cookie dough should be, but it just doesn't live up to the hype. Uh, coming at number three, this is really my only exotic flavor I threw in the list because I felt like it was kind of unfair if I stuck like, I don't know, triple blunt brownie blast swirl or like some random flavor that's only one place like all over the list. But coming at number three, it's probably the best ice cream I've ever had. So it had to make the list. Um, down at the shore by me at Hoffman's, they have key lime pie ice cream, and it is truly fantastic. They've got, like, the graham cracker crust is, like, the swirl in it. It's sort of like cookies and cream type, but the cookies are, like, the graham cracker crust of a pie, and the ice cream is key lime pie. Dynamic duo. Uh, you'll never think about key lime pie the same. And it looks weird. It's neon green. It's got, like, brown stuff floating in it, but it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, definitely worth a try if you're ever in the area. Coming at number two. Um, I've liked this one ever since I was a little kid. Fun fact. I had part of my birthday cake in kindergarten, this ice cream, even though the ice cream lady said that it was a bad idea because I just wanted it so much. So her her compromise was she put it under Spider-Man's foot. Uh, side note, Spider-Man's going to be awesome this weekend. Uh, but I'm going with strawberry. Um, just another classic. Uh, the classic three, strawberry, chocolate, vanilla. Uh, power ranking those, we go strawberry, then chocolate, then like 15 rollers, and then vanilla. Uh, love strawberry, love when they're big chunks floating around. Very tasty. Really can't beat it. And coming at number one, it's a classic. It's great. It's got chips in it, which Colin probably doesn't like, but I'm a fan. Uh, mint chocolate chip. The bigger the chips, the better. Uh, the minty flavor is extremely refreshing. Really can't beat it any time of year. Great in milkshakes, great alone, great in cakes. Really versatile, dynamic flavor that always gets it done. And uh, fun fact, uh, one of my friend's moms is from Sweden and saw me eating mint chip ice cream and thought it looked really good and ordered pistachio ice cream because it looks like it. <laughs> and she really didn't like it and then asked me like what the difference was, and there you have it. But top five in order will go mint chip, strawberry, key lime pie, anything with cookies that are not chocolate chip cookies like Oreo, and then chocolate. Bless you. And Colin sneezed on my list. Not a good start. <laughs> I like it overall. I do like it. Um, couple things. I I never thought I would be one to defend vanilla ice cream. It's not my favorite, but fifteen rulers below chocolate is extreme. And I like chocolate way more than I like vanilla, but fifteen rulers is excessive. I mean, I'm not even sure I could think of 15 ice cream flavors I like, so that may have been a bit dramatic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you ever have the choice, like, just don't choose vanilla. That's all I'm trying to say here. If you're a vanilla person, you're probably not my friend. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, dude. Some chocolate ice creams taste bad. Like, it tastes like Sometimes weird. Sometimes every ice you know cream tastes bad. No, but, like, there's, like, really good chocolate ice cream, and then there's really bad chocolate ice cream. And with vanilla, there's there's it just tastes like vanilla. Like, I'm saying the variance, it's like... It's like pizza. Like there's really good pizza and there's really bad pizza, but your your range of outcomes with pizza is a lot different than your range of outcomes with sushi. Chocolate ice cream is like sushi. How I'm lost. <laughs> I'm very chocolate, lost. Chocolate ice cream is like sushi. Okay. Um not where I thought and we were going. Ice this. Cream, and vanilla <laughs> ice cream is like pizza. Wait, but you, you are like, a known person that shits on pizza quality all the time. I do, but the worst pizza is way better than the worst sushi. I'm not sure I've ever had like <laughs> bad ice cream. I mean, am I alone here? Yeah, like, I, no, I've had good I, ice cream. Some chocolate ice cream, you you can get some really just chocolate. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's like sometimes, like depending on how they do the chocolate flavoring in the ice cream, it can be like chalky. It can be like weird. Like you know how like when you take chocolate sauce and like mix it with vanilla ice cream like a milkshake at a restaurant doesn't actually have chocolate it does like taste like whack it's different yeah it tastes sometimes and it's like well see i think that's bad i don't like it and i would not want it ever but also you know polarizing number one there sean with mint chocolate chip that's That's a good answer flavor that stirs some debate answer my number two. In many surf in many circles. I'm a, it's not in my top. I'm a 40. I'm a huge mint chip guy. Um, get it from my mom. Strawberry was number one for a while, but mint chip, especially if if you go up there, you look on you look in the little ice cream like window. If you can see those chips are big and meaty, it's a send. Meaty, uh, like meaty, meaty chips in my ice cream. <laughs> um, especially like they, sometimes they have like mint chocolate chunk. That's really good. Um, it's all about the size and quality of the chips. I would like to know, sometimes it throws you off when the mint chocolate chip ice cream isn't green. It's like just white. It should be green for the record. Um, but yeah, uh, two neon green ice creams in my top five. Also a little bit of a hot take. Got two neon greens and a pink, but Hey, uh, we'll roll with it. And, uh, it's set in stone. Those are the top five ice creams. There's no debate. (laughs) Yeah, mint chip is an elite flavor, so I appreciate the love there. All right. I'm going to do my top five here. I've been re-watching The Office quite a bit lately, leaving it on the background while I'm you know doing stuff around the apartment. So because of that, I'm going to name my top five favorite Office episodes. Notice I'm using the word favorite and not best because I feel like that's just – gonna open up a can of worms to debate like this one's better because no my top five favorite episodes number five might be a little bit of a hot take this is probably a lot of people's number one i'm gonna go with stress relief this is of course the episode with probably the most famous cold open from the show the fire drill where dwight sets the fire in the hallway and locks everybody in the office angela throws the cat through the roof the cat falls back through the roof they try and run the copier through the wall. It's absolute chaos, but it's just a fake thing invented by Dwight. But the reason why this gets up to that, that moment alone is worthy of top five consideration. But the reason why it sticks on the top five, I had a lot of problems trying to fix, um, select this fifth spot here because there were a lot of good contenders. 
The reason why it sticks at number five is because the second half of the episode is the roast of Michael Scott, which is another classic scene. All the members of the office come up there, and Michael thinks it's going to be some funny thing where they're like, oh, we love you, Michael, joking with you. No, they just roast the shit out of them, and it's absolutely hysterical. And sparked one of the biggest memes from the office later in the episode with, boom, roasted. So that's number five. Number four episode from very early on in the office. This is Office Olympics. Michael and Dwight are out for the day trying to close on Michael's condo. So Jim, Pam, and everybody else in the office hold the Office Olympics, including events like racing with a cup of hot coffee around the office, uh, Flonkerton, which is, um, <laughs> what was it? It was putting your feet into like straps that were attached to boxes of paper and you're just kind of like trying to walk with these big uh, boxes of paper on your feet um eating as many m&ms as possible which they only let kevin attempt um just a classic early office episode and it's also funny seeing uh, michael freak out over closing on his condo uh number three this was number one for me for a very long time it's still in high position at number three so not knocking it it's just that two other ones have vaulted above it as of late Threat Level Midnight. This is a later episode all the way out in Season 7 where, a lot different from a lot of other Office episodes, this is kind of a a flashback or a callback to something that was mentioned way earlier in the show when Michael said that he was writing a screenplay. They end up spending an episode where they read the screenplay, I think, very early on in Season 2, and then they made it into a full movie episode in Season 7. And, uh, it's exactly what you would expect from a movie written by Michael Scott. It's absolutely terrible, but it's hilarious at the same time. And tying it back into sports here, uh, Trey Quinn, formerly of the Washington Dinosaurs, did the Scarn dance from this episode as a touchdown dance a couple of years ago. So that was awesome. Uh, number two, the injury. Michael Scott is a simple man. He likes to have the smell of crackling bacon in the morning, but he doesn't have a butler. What do you do? You lay six strips of bacon out on your George Foreman grill, but sometimes you step on the grill and it clamps down on your foot, and you have to wear bubble wrap around your foot. Absolutely hysterical premise for an episode. Michael is ridiculous the whole time, acting like he's some, you know, victim of a horrific injury, when in reality he grilled his foot. And number one, I know Alex is going to appreciate this because this is also his favorite episode of The Office. It's got to be Dinner Party. It's awkward. It makes you cringe. But it has some of the funniest lines in the history of the show. Notably, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. And the scene where I watched one of the, uh, I don't know if it was like one of the commentaries or something like that, but the uh, John Krasinski, who played Jim, said they just could not get through the scene where Michael is showing off his plasma screen TV. I'm doing air quotes around that because it is the smallest TV you've ever seen. And he's like, watch, you know, there's a lot of people in the room. You just push it back. It goes maybe two inches. They said they were just dying laughing throughout filming that entire scene. Well warranted. Number one episode of all time. Dinner party. And then one quick note here. A sleeper episode that I wanted to put in my top five that I didn't see on a lot of the lists that I read through to prepare for this, Email Surveillance. This episode has the funny, awkward moment where Michael spies on everybody's emails and realizes that he was the only person not invited to Jim's after-work party, 
that creates some funny moments in the office. But I think the key part of this episode being as high as my rankings as it is, is Michael Scott in his improv class absolutely fucking up the whole thing. It's incredible. Um, yeah, so there we go. Top five office episodes. I'm uh, sorry, Sean. I don't think you've seen the show, so I apologize, but have not there are a lot of shows that i have not seen and maybe after finn ranks his top five episodes i'll uh we'll get there one day but uh fun fact i mentioned spider-man earlier um that would be the first movie i have seen since saint patrick's day wow and before that was like i think june 2020 well there has been a drought in marvel movies so it makes sense you haven't seen any movies (laughs) I mean, like, movie at all, Colin. Like, no, no. I know, Wait, but I'm saying the only movies you watch are Marvel movies, so it's like... Also accurate, but... Are you, if they're not coming out with Marvel movies, Sean's not watching the, movies. The last movie I you saw know. was it was Batman, so, so also a superhero movie. Uh, all right, fair enough. But yeah, so, Finn, if, if I ever Sean. do become a TV guy, there's a chance that I will use your list, and I think I have to go in reverse order to build up here. Mm, yeah. Um, but I feel like by osmosis, I've gotten, like, the theme of The Office at this point. Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe one day when I'm not getting pinged about PCAPs at 11:15 at night, we'll be able oh, to uh, watch uh, the th- threat level midnight. Threat level midnight's a good one. Sean, you got you got to watch Shang Chi, bro. Great movie. I think I should. I haven't seen anything since Endgame. Um, oh wow. So, Shang-Chi was I've, good. I've got a little bit of gaps to fill. Um, yeah, don't... The Eternals is bad. Shang-Chi's good. All the TV shows are skippable except maybe WandaVision, which I heard was good, but never watched. You can only watch the Falcon one if you're just wasted. You can't watch that sober, so I don't even know if I'd try. <laughs> I forgot about that was an all-time... Uh... Arch 405 conversation Dude. between people. I was so confused about that show. What was the man. guy's name? God. The, um... Oh. Um, Anthony no, Mackie? No, there was a guy on the show who was like, I don't know if he was formerly the Falcon, but... Yeah, there's like some dude who like at one point was Captain America, but that, he was like an underprivileged Captain guy. America. What was his name? Yeah, dude. I don't remember. You said it in like a really funny voice during that conversation. I I can look it up. Yeah, but not worth watching. But Shang-Chi is worth watching for sure. It's a great movie. Noted. We'll see. And also, I just wanted to... All right, I'll break into my... I wanted to note too before we get there. Um, I just didn't have any plans on Saturday morning, so I'm seeing the movie with Jack on Saturday morning, and I feel like I'm an, like an eight-year-old kid seeing a movie at 10 o'clock in the morning, but hey, it's, uh, it's a prime-time event, and I need all day to digest. There you go. Yeah, you gotta be thinking about it all day. Colin, top five. Alright. Top five. My top five favorite running Lions running backs from the season. That's a wow. Um, Jamal Williams is at five, because he, even though I do love his media interaction, he's not good he isn't very exciting number four is um hmm. number four is probably jamar jefferson you know i do like him he's good he breaks tackles but he's still not too exciting he's not very fast number three is gawin Igwebuke because he's awesome 
I mean, he's not awesome. He's okay. But he's very, very fast. And even though he fumbles a lot, he does break tackles. And he converted from safety this year. So that's exciting. Number two is DeAndre Swift. Great. Very good. Doesn't break as many tackles as I'd like, but he's more of a bursty running back, so it's not really his style. He kind of supposed to run past guys, one cut and gone, you know, whole thing. And he's been running with more power this year, which I like. And he's a good pass catcher. And number one is the GOAT, Craig Reynolds. Coachtown University, pride of my man. Go, Craig. That's it. It's a quick top five. That's great. It's uh, it's a bit unfortunate to be able to name the five running backs that have played for them this season, but hey, that's but the more the merrier. <laughs> exactly. You know, hey, we've had five running backs who've all played okay at times. So that's good, I guess. Also, Lamar Hoskins. Lamar Hoskins. Oh, I that's love Lamar that. Hoskins, dude. That guy yeah. was awesome. That guy was the best part of the show. I don't know why they... I'm not going to say that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right. Moving in here. Little Weedles. <sighs> this is a banner week for Little Weedles. Now, do we... Yeah, it is. Do we start with it? Or do we ease in... I think we... Let's... Let's start with I think because here's the question I want to pose to you too. Yes. I have my answer. And it can lead into our discussion yeah. here. Did Urban Meyer has he passed Antonio Brown for the biggest little beetle of wow, all time? Wow, what a question. I feel like he's just trying to get <laughs> He's really going after the title. Oh man. I was not ready for that question. I think it's those two. I'm trying to think of... I think it's these two guys are my two top Little Wheels ever. And I don't know who who is the GOAT. Both have gone on. You know, it's like LeBron, MJ. Oh, my God. They've both <laughs> gone on. Like, it wasn't just, like, one isolated incident. They've both gone on months-long streaks of just doing increasingly yep. insane things. <laughs> All right, so let's yeah, yep. let's rewind real quick, quickly. Antonio Brown had the thing where he forced the trade to the Raiders, got into the argument with Mike Mayock and called him a slur. He froze his foot off almost, and then he did the little Weedle tweet, and then yeah. he started making music. It was cut by the Raiders. Am I missing anything? He like was throws that time where he's throwing furniture like out throwing of his apartment. Furniture out of his apartment. The yeah. um, legal charges. Yeah. Yep. And now, if we flash now to Urban Meyer, we started with um, Tim Tebow, and then we had the Strength Coast situation, the infamous um, night out on the town. Yep, with the young yes. lass. And then now, would, would anybody like um, to walk through the last week where we're at now? Um, how about he calls all of his assistant coaches into a meeting to call them losers and talk about how he wins and they lose and make them defend their defend resumes. Their resumes. Uh, he, he kicked his kicker. Um, he refuses to play his star running back for apparently no reason because he wants to play decrepit Carlos Hyde because he can reminisce with him about the old days. 
the handshake I mean, with Mike. What am, I, what am I leaving out here? Yep. <laughs> um, dude. I at, mean, proclaiming that um, <laughs> whoever is the leak of information from the Jaguars, if there's a source, then that source is unemployed. When he himself was the one that confirmed the uh, calling the assistant coaches loser stories to Jake Glazer, like he did that, he confirmed it. There's another one, um, the Andre Cisco thing that you mentioned earlier. Oh man, I. This is the most difficult question I've been asked in a very long time. Can we do top five top five Urban Meyer little Weedles? <laughs> well, and then Antonio Brown, we didn't even talk about the fact fake vaccination card. Oh yeah, yeah. Card. I was just talking about the run he, he left had that one in twenty nineteen, yeah, but yeah, he's game. continuing. Yeah, he, his run in the Antonio Brown really doesn't like going away. Like he he keeps reminding us why he's the goat. But Urban Meyer has made a strong strong push this year as maybe the most unsuccessful first year for an NFL head coach ever. All right, I have I have my stance. All right, give it to us. It is still Antonio Brown for now. Let me tell you why and how Urban Meyer can claim this throne. He has to get fired. I don't care what planet Shad Khan has been on this whole time. He has to get fired now. Right? He's got to be fired, yes. How gotta be. he handles that will determine if he has taken the throne. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Antonio Brown too, but if Urban Meyer then goes to another team and keeps being ridiculous and stays relevant a little bit next year, I think it could go Urban Meyer, you know? Yeah. Now, does, does Urban Meyer play the old, like, I've had health issues for two years and then go coach at, like, I don't know, Florida State? Yeah, that is the pattern. He does have to say he has health issues and then quit for two years and then go somewhere else before he goes somewhere else. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a couple of years before he comes back to relevance. I, I'm, I'm looking right now at the – the screenshot from when he was an analyst on Fox Sports. The criteria to examine for struggling teams, according to Urban Meyer. Number one, trust, trust issues. <laughs> Number two, dysfunctional environment. Number three, selfishness. I've seen this photo a thousand times, and it never gets old. It's incredible. Sean, where do you stand, A, B, or Urban? Um, I feel like Urban's been a little bit less dangerous. Um, so we'll go with Urban Meyer. Um, just like the stupidest, clumsiest, like, it's pretty hard to screw up, like, this badly. And he keeps doing it over and over. Um... Yeah, we'll go. Or we'll we'll say that Antonio Brown is worse because I think he's just been a, a little bit more lost versus Urban Meyer. I think it's just like stupid. Um, but yeah, definitely giving each other a run for their money. Um, 
we might be tossing them into like a Mets caliber category soon. Like we're just what can go wrong will go wrong. Um, but we're not there yet. They've still got a little bit to go. Yeah, there's what four more games in this season. Like I am would likely be like back home in Connecticut over like you know obviously during Christmas, but also like going into New Year's. But I am strongly considering coming back to Boston early just so I can watch the Jaguars play the Patriots and see Urban Meyer stare into the center of the earth like in person. That's my main motivation. I'm strongly considering it. Yeah, that might be worth it. Oh, man. What a guy. What a year for the Jaguars. Poor Trevor Lawrence. Poor James Robinson. Oh. What else is there to say at this point? We had, the, I mean, the um, the kicker thing came out maybe like a few hours ago. That's new. New material. Yeah. New material, bad sound. You never like to hear that. Yeah. All right, I guess we can... Does anybody else have anything on Urban Meyer before we get into the rest of Full Weedles? Or... No, I think, I don't think we're gone. All right, I'm going to go rapid fire here through a few. So the first one, this is the one I was alluding to during Collins game of the week. Low Weedle, Chase Claypool. What are you doing, dude? Yeah. What are you doing? Fourth and one, down eight, 40 seconds left. You have no timeouts. You're in a position to go score. Chase Claypool catches the ball, first down. Does a first down signal, like it's like, yeah, you know, celebrating. Dude, the clock's running. You have less than 40 seconds. And it ended up being that the Steelers had one more play. They would have had another shot from the 10-yard line to score. It killed 12 seconds, his little first down symbol. And then he got really mad at somebody else, like it wasn't his fault. Um, Chase Claypool has maybe been the most unlikable Notre Dame player in the NFL, and I defend Notre Dame players quite a bit, as you guys know. Uh, he's just kind of been a dick for a while. So that didn't really surprise me that he did that. So there's uh, number one. Uh, speaking of uh, former Notre Dame people that I don't like very much, I uh, named him Lil Weedle of the Year. Uh, I think Urban Meyer has taken that crown from him in just one week, but we'll still you know, give him his credit where credit's due. Uh, Brian Kelly – oh, my God, I played the video with audio by accident – um, <laughs> Brian Kelly did a recruiting video with uh, Walker Howard, who's a big quarterback recruit that committed to LSU, where they are standing in a room. The camera is circling around Walker Howard and Brian Kelly as they're back-to-back. Brian Kelly is doing some very, very strange dancing as uh, some song about Baton Rouge plays in the background. And then the video goes slow-mo in the middle of it. It's really, really awkward, and it's continuing the trend of Brian Kelly looking weird. All right. And then a couple more here. I'm going to skip those two because those weren't that good. Uh, Matt Nagy had a great quote here. (laughs) Uh, They had a fourth and inches where the Bears were down quite a bit it's like hey you you might as well go for that so 
He admitted after the game that he should have gone for the fourth and inches in the fourth quarter when his team was down 11 points. Here's the direct quote. You wish you would have went for it. That's the part where you look back as a coach and you go, damn, that would have been a good time to go do that. Oh, Matt Nagy. You had the power. You could have done it. You were down 11 in the fourth quarter. Ridiculous. And the last little weedle of the week I'm going to give to myself here. Um, So I have been trying to avoid paying for parking in Boston. It is expensive. It's an unnecessary expense. But did you lose the car? No, I did not lose the car. (laughs) But... So I've been paying for a garage for every month I've lived here so far because I don't have Massachusetts plates yet. I can't park on the street. So every month when I've gone to renew my parking permit, the first thing the parking attendant says is like, hey, you know, can you come back during this time? And I'm like, no, because whenever the main person that does the, the parking payments is, that person comes in after I have to leave for work and is gone by the time I come back. So I never overlap there. So I, I do explain that every time. And then the second thing they say is like, oh, so your access card isn't working. And I'm like, no, the access card still is working. I was trying to be a responsible adult, be proactive, pay my parking uh, monthly thing a few days before the end of the month. So I don't have to worry about it. So this month I decided like, hey, I'm going to wait until this access card shuts off. And then it's not going to be a big deal. I'm just going to go, you know, park the car in the garage, pay the thing, and I'll be good to go. It'll be fine. So anyway, <laughs> a new person started on my team at work recently that does not have a car or a driver's license yet. They just moved to the country. So I've been driving them home. And the first time I drove this person home was on the 1st of December. So I was nervous that the card wasn't going to work. So I was like, okay, I'm going to drop you right off next to the train station. And then I'm going to go do this parking thing. Get into the garage. It worked. Great. You know, maybe it'll be a couple days before this ends up having to happen. Get to the second. Still works. Third works. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Still works. At this point, I'm like, oh my God, they're never going to shut it off. This is absolutely incredible. And I was starting to think if they are going to shut it off because they do the parking resets, you know, new people can come into the garage either on the 15th or the 1st of every month. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's going to shut off on the 15th. But anyway, I got a half a month of parking for free. This is great. And sure as shit, they're not going to shut off the parking on a Thursday afternoon. Like if they're going to shut it off at some random time, maybe on a Monday morning. Right? So time comes. I'm driving this person home from work again and I'm like hey because it was kind of a little bit of a pain to go from where I dropped them off at the train station and then circle back to where the garage was it wasn't an easy route to get back so I was like hey I'm just gonna park in the garage and the train station's like a two-minute walk from there so I was like okay they said that was fine so I get all cocky and I'm like yep still gonna work everything's fine what happens access card voided I had to let the person out of the car and then I had to go talk to the parking attendant and pay the money. A little wheel to myself for thinking I could outsmart the parking garage and a little wheel to myself for um, being overconfident that it was still going to work and then I, looking like a damn fool in front of this person that just started at work. There you go. It was worth a chance, man. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> 
At least not like the Villanova parking office that gave you a parking ticket. Yeah, that's right. Or Alec, who gave me a fake parking ticket. Also true. Who's next? All right. Um, it's a lot of little Weedles. It's a banner week. Yep. Colin, we got any more? Um, I think I think that we kind of covered. That'll work. All right, on to game picks. Uh, Finn, did I pick up any ground? Or am I still way behind? We have big news, guys. Big, big news. A record was set this week for the best winning percentage in the history of game picks of this show. Somebody on this show went thirteen and one. Breaking the previous record. Now this might be up for debate. The previous record was fourteen and two, which I know is one more win, but the winning percentage is lower than thirteen and one. Sean went fourteen and two last year during week two, and uh, Colin, congratulations! You went thirteen and one this week. Only loss was 49ers Bengals. Uh, how does it feel to have the greatest record in the history of game picks? I can't say I, I even knew that that would happen. I'm shocked. Uh, just want to thank, you know, God, my family, uh, everyone for this this amazing mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, feels pretty yeah. good to you know. Um, I was going to defend the the one loss, you know, thirteen and one being better, but now I feel like that would be tacky, so I'm not going to. Um, didn't show up my bag this get, week. Get a 14, so we'll 14 that. One week. Come talk to me. Yeah, uh, but uh, another another follow up question there, Colin. How does it feel? You know, after last year, you had to buy Sean the the Hope's ice cream cookie sandwich. How does it feel to have you know sole ownership of the uh, the best record of all time? Feels good. Uh, feels really good. You know, uh, I feel like I have a place in the mantle of history of the game picks, which you know is a very illustrious, long held tradition with a lot of a lot of uh, really important standards and and strict rules behind the way it operates so you know i'm really glad that i uh was able to accomplish this all this alone year. right oh you know nobody else I, I don't i don't have any other assistance i don't even know the vegas lines of the game before i pick so you know it's uh just just happy to be here now finn you probably picked very close to colin because i was trying to pick the opposite to pick game ground what was your record it was thirteen and one. You're not all alone, Colin. We both broke the record this week. My only miss was I Thursday night football. Steelers and Vikings. I picked the Steelers. Got every game after that. Colin only missed on that overtime game. 49ers at Bengals. We're both sitting high across the mountaintop. Colin and I have matched every single week so far. We're tied. Started five and eight, then nine and six, then ten and four, and then both. 13 and one record-breaking performances uh i can't say the same for sean you went eight and six I was you were say, 10 I, games behind oof. both of us i picked about the opposite of every game yeah eight and six is good i was predicting like a i don't know a two and 12 week yeah so 
crazy week there. It was I just was filling out the like the the colors in the chart. I'm like, there's just so much green here. This is I've never seen this before. So, yep, Colin and I both 37 and 19. Sean 27 and 29. Moving into week 15, we have four weeks left. No more bye weeks, so we're gonna have 16 games every week, starting with tomorrow night. Um, or probably tonight when you're hearing this, Chiefs at Chargers. Really good Thursday night game. Chargers look really good against the Giants, but the Giants are the Giants. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will get the win. I'm also on the Chiefs. Oh, sorry. You should Chargers I'm also on the Chiefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Chiefs, too. Oh, oh, oh no, Raiders Browns. Oh no. Oh no. Oof. Case Keenum forever, right, guys? I'm gonna pick the Browns because I can't not do that. But oh god, I'm tempted. I'm tempted on the Browns. Really? I dude, it's a really tight line. The Raiders got to come across country. I I don't know how much of a downgrade Keenum no is right too. now. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually am, I'm going to go Browns. Wow. Um, I hate to do it, fam. We need to make up ground. We'll go Raiders. I, I, I can't blame you at all there. Um, I mean, they're favored, yeah. Would, would yeah. Yeah. This is a great uh, Saturday viewing experience for me, going from Browns right into Patriots. We have Patriots-Colts as the night game here. Um, New England off the bye. That's what I'm rolling with. How about New England off the bye, given away two and a half points to Indianapolis? Wow. We'll go Colts, uh, not Colts, Patriots. I'm All playing Jonathan three. Taylor in fantasy. I cannot have this go wrong. <laughs> All three Patriots right there. Moving into the Sunday slate, we have uh, Panthers at Bills. Um, yeah, Bills. <laughs> Panthers are in yikes Bills. mode. Yeah, we'll go with the Bills. Yeah, the, I mean, that Patriots game, I really want to pick the Colts because everyone else is picking the Patriots on their favorite, but like, I feel like I can't. Because last time I had a decision, I went with the Patriots, ended up being the right call. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but Panthers for sure. And I think we're all picking Cardinals, too, in the next game. No, why would you say? Yeah, Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that as well. How about this, dude? The, the three lines, the Bills are or the Bills are giving 10 a half to the Panthers. The Cardinals are giving 13 to the Lions. And the Dolphins are giving 10 to the Jets. Jesus. Oh my Good God. NFL football gross, in dude. December. Speaking of Jets, Dolphins, Jets, Dolphins. Dude, sorry. Jets, Dolphins. No, and then the Cowboys are giving ten and a half to the Giants all in a row. Four God. games in a row. Sounds like a great weekend, dude. <laughs> so excited. Yeah, I mean, are we? Are, are any of us not taking the Bills, the Cardinals, the Dolphins, or the Cowboys? Sean, are you going to pick the Giants? I'm mad or not. I really want to pick against the Giants. No, so we'll do that. Wait, so you are going to pick the Giants? I'm always wrong, so sure, we'll pick the Giants. Love it. Okay, yeah. Cowboys, I'm good with Dolphins in that last one. Yeah. 
I'm taking all the favorites um, on that one. Yeah, Sean, are you, are you picking the Jets too or no? Are you going to go double New York? You picked the uh, Jets a few times. I have, and it has not worked yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? What the hell? Uh, Zach Wilson got a jersey from Christian Pulisic today. Um, maybe that's good luck. Sean's just trying to do something not a lot of time to make up 10 games just thinks of everything yeah Yeah, we're running out of time I'm also on the struggle bus at the moment trying to answer some some snooty comments you hate to see it god sorry about that uh dinosaurs eagles interesting game dude I never understand the Eagles freaking the Vegas fascination with the Eagles. They're the weirdest team, I swear to God, ever. Like they alternate between like blowing people out and just looking horrific. I hate I hate the Eagles. But I have to pick them, I guess. Cause I mean Taylor Heine's probably not gonna play in this game, right? It's probably gonna be yeah. Kyle Allen. Yeah, so I have to go to the Eagles. They're not good. They're not good, but I can't pick the Washington football team with Kyle Allen playing quarterback. I can't do it. Shit. I'm going to pick Washington because some defense. Yeah. Go Dinosaurs. Titans Steelers. Uh, ew, Titans. Eh, Titans. Still, I guess I don't Titans. know. Yeah, Steelers are at home, but I can't. I can't pick them. I'm sorry. Titans getting healthy, but not healthy enough. Pittsburgh. Um. Oh, let's go, Texans Jags. Yes. Love it. You, I'm ex- I'm genuinely you, excited you, for this. You. Only in a red zone capacity. I'm not going to watch the full game on its own, but wow. Houston. Why oh. am I confident in that? Why did I say that like I knew what was going to happen? It's Davis Mills. He actually wasn't Dude, bad last I really week. Wanted to... I really wanted to pick the Texans, but now that Finn picked the Texans, I'm going to have to go Jaguars. And Urban Meyer. Or as uh, my dad would call him, uh, Suburban Meyer. That's what my dad called. Good dad joke for you right there. <laughs> my dad always calls him that. John, game of the week pick, Texans Jags. Uh, Urban Meyer gets the win, and then something weird comes out again and he gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> Contract extension if he gets a win. Uh, this is a good game. Bengals Broncos. Yeah, the Bengals have probably been in a lot of like good lines games recently. Um, I don't know. Give me the Broncos, I guess. Coming back off of, eh. yeah, eh. yeah, I guess. Eh. Bengals can keep. I'm sorry, Broncos mm. can't keep up with the Bengals offense. Bengals on the road. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Broncos. 
I'll go to the Bengals. Uh, I, I really like the Bengals. They're a fun team to watch. They're young, they're fiery. Oh, uh, go Broncos. RIP Demarius. That's, that's really that's, sad. Dude, horrible. 33 years old, man. Craziness. All Good. right. Falcons, 49ers. Game when Finn goes. Oh, they were going to see the, the, the 3 2 1 again. Um, that was really weird. Uh, the Zencaster just hung up the call on my laptop in the middle of while we were talking game picks. So I don't know what the deal with that it was, but we're going to pick it right back up with uh, Falcons 49ers. Uh, talking about how I picked the Falcons. Um, 49ers. I just, an image of a of the Falcons playing on the West Coast is just not sit right for whatever reason. So. Seahawks-Rams. For a second I was like, ooh, this will be a good game, but then the Seahawks are not very good. Uh, Rams. Um, Rams. Yeah, Rams. I want to pick Seahawks, but I guess... They've been better. Yeah. They actually looked like a little bit better last week. Oh, great game here. I, I, I'm getting tricked. I'm getting tricked by my old ideas of teams here. Just with the Seahawks. Thought I sniffed it out, but I just did it again with the Ravens. They might not even have Lamar in this game. Packers, Ravens. Yeah, Packers. I, Packers. I'm blinded by my judgment of teams three months ago. Does Sean dare do it? Um, I hit mute by mistake. I'll rub <laughs> Packers. Uh, Saints, Buccaneers. Um, Saints could have mentioned this during Lil Weedle's uh, the Sean Payton movie. How do we feel about that? Oh, what? Didn't even hear about it. Sean, do you know about this? Yeah, so Kevin James apparently is yes. playing Sean Payton in a movie Home called... Home like, Team. Home Team, I think. I'm going to guess it's about Bounty Gate, but I didn't get to see anything about it. So the reason why, yeah, it's a low Weedle... For me, they just released the trailer for it. Yeah, Kevin James plays Sean Payton. It's like a kid's movie, so like I can't be like, oh, that joke wasn't funny. It's meant for kids. Like I'm not going to knock that. But like this movie is about the Bounty Gate season. Why? Why are we making a Bounty Gate movie? It's very strange. I don't understand that. Anyway, they're still playing football. Saints Buccaneers. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Bucks are good. Buccaneers. Last game here, Vikings Bears. Oh man. Yeah. Vikings Bears. Justin Ew. Fields has been playing with gross. Uh, much better poise lately, putting up some more points. I think they win this game. Oh, the Vikings. Jokers. The less yeah. incompetent of the two yeah. teams here. Gone. You said Vikings. Just making sure, right? I did. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess both those teams could could be chokers. So. Okay, so those are our game picks for week 15 upcoming. Pretty solid slate, especially spread out over Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. 
leading us into the holidays coming up. Uh, does anybody have anything else to add out there to the people before we sign off? Pretty much it. Um, hopefully we'll squeeze in uh, another episode before Christmas. Um, if not, thank you to all the loyal listeners. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, big things come. And I'm going to somehow find my way back on game picks. It's been a rough year, but somehow, some way, we'll, we'll practice. We'll get it done. Absolutely, boys. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you for listening, everybody. Absolutely. Go Cats.